Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Lost in this Podcast. I'm Kevin Gallagher. I'm joined again by Kieran Mooney. Kieran, how are you today? I'm good, Kev. It's five wins in a row. I can have absolutely zero complaints from another splendid Saturday watching the Wasps. How are you? Uh, I'm all good. It's been a, a five-star February for for Andy Graham and the and the Aloha team. Five runs out of five, 15 points out of 15. Up in uh, third on the table, chasing now for second as well. And uh, yeah, what a way to, to cap off the month, going to going to Hamilton and, and taking for me a, a win that we've we've deserved against them this season. Absolutely. It's probably not our best performance against Hamilton. We've played really well against them in the three, but again, Aloha showed that they're well and truly a match for anybody in this division when it comes to the playoffs. And like you say, the games just keep ticking off. We've been waiting for a, a run of victories and now we're surpassing runs that stretch over the last 12 years. It does feel like something, say it quietly, but something special might be brewing with this manager and group of players. Yeah, a huge shout out to to Jonathan Markwell. All of our stats, I'm sure, will be will be referring to uh, some statistics. Oh, I had a field day on Saturday night. Didn't <laughs> I? <laughs> to, to be fair, there was um, there was a couple of unusual unusual suckers. I was watching out for black cats crossing the road and things like that um, after <laughs> what happened on Saturday. But um, yeah, we'll get it in a second. Today's episode, we'll look back on the the win at New Douglas Park, and then a look ahead to. I mean, it's another massive game. Every single week, another big away game. Uh, we had we had travel to face second last week. We travel to face or Montrose fourth, third or uh, fourth or fifth. Sorry, um, this week. So yeah, massive massive week coming up as well. But if we look back to to last Saturday, then team selection, a couple of surprises for me. I think obviously we knew Dave McKay was was going to be suspended. Kind of forgot a little bit. Kind of glossed over it last week. But it's his second red card of the season, so I think it means it'll be a three game suspension for him. So we will be missing him for the the next couple of games as well. But first big surprise for me was was David Devine coming back in at the at the back. Um, we also seen Ethan Sutherland return to the starting lineup and Kevin Colley, another surprise coming at the start uh, in the place of the, the absent Stefan School. Um, maybe a, a kind of word on the the lineup. I guess most of it as expected, but then a couple of little surprises thrown in there as well. Yeah, I think you called starting from the the front. You called the Quinn Coulson swap. Didn't maybe quite know, but I think you maybe said yeah. that Ethan Sutherland would be favourite. I, I, I thought maybe I thought maybe Buchanan. I, I would have went for Buchanan, but I, I had a feeling it would be it would be Sutherland that would have came in there. Ah, he's maybe a little bit more suited to you know starting on the left hand yeah. side and being a bit more natural left um, sider. So that was expected. I think with Skugs, it was a fairly late call on the day. Just wasn't feeling well so it meant that Collie like for a like it's one of those squads at the moment where we've got players that can just slot in we don't need to be pushing out players when they're not 100% and hopefully Skiggle will be back for Saturday for me the big one was was in defence that was where I had any sort of concern going into the game at Aki's was what type of yeah. defence we're going to, to going to be able to put out with O'Donnell limping off Mackay going off suspended as well and David Devine was probably quite low down on my list of expectations we've not really seen him on the bench at all that's normally an indicator that they're close but he came in he played 90 minutes and what a difference he made I'm not saying that Alwa wouldn't have won the game without him but I thought he was excellent him and Neil but talking about David Devine so composed so calm just looked like he'd slotted back in and never been away that was a big big boost for us 
I thought David Devine back was absolutely massive um, on Saturday. Not not expected, did not expect him to be back at all. So when I seen um, seen the lineup beforehand, I uh, was really really pleased to to see him back in because I think we we talked about it last week that you know if Devine, if um, sorry if Dave McKay wasn't going to be there, we were looking at you know it would be tags moving in, Rob will come to right back, and, and we said last week. The danger really from Aki's the big threat we felt was from out wide. And and I think that we had concerns probably last week, the thought of, you know, particularly if Cammy had been out as well, you may be looking at Sutherland on one side, Robbo on the other as your as your fullbacks against what's probably the strongest area for Aki's. That was that was concern. And and look as it turned out on Saturday, I thought Aki's did dominate us a little, you know, quite a bit out on the the wide channels, particularly down Cami. So I thought I don't think Cami had his had a had a particularly good game. I know it was one of Cami's poorer games for for Alwa. Still good when he set piece delivery though, and that probably for one of the first times this season was a real threat for us. The kind of corners, you know, we looked actually quite dangerous from our corners. But I thought defense. I thought he really struggled, and then particularly in the second half, it was more pace than anything else that he was that he was going up against. On the other side, tags. Tags was tags was fine. Um, got got involved well going forward, but again, you know, wasn't you know wasn't entirely comfortable defensively. The particular in the second half, I thought we were putting there a lot of pressure down the wings. But I will say, completely agree with yourself. Divine and Morgan Neal in the middle, I thought were absolutely rock solid. I thought they were so good in the um, in the centre of defence on Saturday. I wonder how much of that was a tactic as well, because I thought Aki's for I don't I don't think. You know, the manager said, did we deserve, were we completely the better team through the 90 minutes? I thought both teams had spells in it. But throughout it, we did limit Aki's to shots from outside the box, crosses. In particular, the shots outside the box were catching practice for PJ Morris. And I thought they were really poor. But in terms of crosses as well, is that an area that we're willing to sacrifice a little bit? Because you've got the likes of, well one man in particular, Morgan Neal, who's just an absolute magnet and can head at about 50 yards. Is that sort of an area that, not necessarily sacrifice, maybe is not the right word, but you're quite comfortable to see those crosses float into the box. Obviously, we lose one, so that contradicts that argument. But I thought, on a whole, Hakeem Rose was, if I'm an Aki's fan, I'm frustrated watching him. Kevin O'Hara, I thought, had plenty of energy, plenty of effort, which you know, comes with Kevin O'Hara, but he had most of that in centre-defensive mid or central midfield. Alawa did deal with him and the shots that he did have were were pretty tame. So on a whole, I thought, despite the game ebbing and flowing in terms of territory gained and momentum, we did limit them to chances and PJ didn't have too many tough saves to pull off, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. I think in terms of the overall balance of play, I thought we probably just shaded it. But to me, a draw would have been absolutely been a fair a fair result on Saturday. I think I said after of the three games we've had against now Hamilton this season, I felt this one, which was our first one, was probably our 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 least dominant or our least convincing performance of the three. You know, it's funny how things turn out. It's it's the game that we get three points from. For for me, for Aki's, there's a soft middle to that, and I think Scott Martin been out through injuries is obviously a massive loss for for ham and i don't think you can you can kind of look beyond that because to me they have a very soft center and i think that's where really we got control of the game was was the middle of the park i've said many times before for me this Alloa team and the now team in the last couple of seasons we've all been about it's, it's all been about control in the middle of the park for me i think the games where we control the control the midfield 
we go on, we play well, we get positive results. When we lose that that midfield, I think we struggle. And and Saturdays, I don't feel we were up against a lot in there with Hamilton. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say the start of the game, I thought Hamilton came out the stronger of the teams. And one of the guys that I actually picked out was Ben Williamson. And I know we've just spoken about him off air in terms yeah. of maybe a couple of mistakes he made. But I thought he started the game really strong and anything that was coming through Aki's was was through Williamson. We got a grip of that. We started to come into it. I thought we were the better team before the the horrific clash of heads and there's obviously been an update on Twitter that is a fractured skull for McDonald's so it's never nice to see and you wish him all the best. It did contribute to a quite a, a bitty first half and you know I thought Aki started strong we came into it that clash of heads and the long stoppage it just was pretty stop start after it till half time but like you say as soon as we got a grip of of Williamson and the second half was was a lot more chaotic but Alawa always looked quite threatening on the attack. Hamilton probably less so. Yeah, I I felt in the in the three games that the kind of Hamilton midfield for us uh, against us, when uh, as a team on the front foot, I think they look quite comfortable. And as you say, that started the game. That's that probably matches up exactly with what you're saying. The start of the game where Hamilton probably did start better and were more on the front foot. I think they're, they're comfortable in that. For me, when the going gets a bit tough in there, I felt their yeah. midfields went a bit high than in, in all three games, to be honest, this season. Um, what you said before as well about the way we restricted them, yeah, you, you're probably... I thought Harrow was really good. I thought he was really good. I thought it was... You know when, you know you're going to have pace and energy from him, but I actually thought he was... He was he was, he was using that really well on, on Saturday. Um, Akeem Rosa, I, I noticed when he, when he got taken off, I mean, he looked, he looked you know, busted by the time he, he went off. And he, and he had... He had a few moments of, you know, some decent kind of hold up play and bringing, well. the, and bringing the, the kind of the rest of the team into it. But, you know, he went off and went off behind the goals and walked around and was getting a, a kind of stand innovation. I thought, I was a bit surprised. I, I thought he was so wasteful. I mean, he, he had two he had two efforts literally just before he was subbed off. I think one of them is still traveling through the stratosphere somewhere. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other one, not much better. But yeah, we did, we did restrict them in the main to, um, to efforts outside the area. Obviously, they get the, the goal from Henderson, a really good header from, from Henderson. And probably the only big chance I felt they really had, they got, you know, through one-on-one with PJ once, came out to that and, and stopped it. The big one for me was in the second half when I think it may have been one-one at a time and Divine gets a block at the, at the last minute. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece of defending. Other than that, pretty relatively comfortable for the rest of the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Aloha looked, they looked dangerous on the break. They they, they countered yeah. really well, plenty of pace, directness. You could really tell in the second half that they were buoyed, that the tempo had been up. And like the manager said in the interview, they were brave and they were bold and they got their rewards for it. Like we could probably close off the first half. It's not a very long discussion, but talk about Miko Vertinen, unfortunately, going off with a pretty sore one. He was in the wars he's not quite got the same after effects as as Kyle McDonald nowhere near it but best to take him off and you know not take any risks there but a a blow for Alwa and a blow for for Miko in particular in something I think you gave me a text and said I can't remember the exact words but you know we're really going to miss Miko and that's something that we never you never thought you'd say a couple of months ago and it just goes to show yeah. he's he's come in he's made that position his own and he's looked really really comfortable 
it did lead to somebody coming on, which we'll talk about later. But in terms of, of Miko, let's hope it's not a, a serious one or a long one. It does look like a deep cut, so hopefully um, get him back in the next week or two. But yeah, he's he's been excellent, so that would be a, a little bit of a blow. And it didn't seem to affect Aloha, but it could have. Yeah, I, it was half time. I send that to you that you know that's that's a huge loss, you know, losing Miko because it was it was just sort of on half time. I think the the first half finished at, at nearly four o'clock. You know, it was because of the two long delays. It was such a long half of football. Um, yeah, he went off. And 40, for me, I think plus four. He, he went off forty five or something like that. Yeah, they, and obviously Robbo coming on, and the first thing Robbo did when he came on was give away the ball twice and within two seconds of, of each other and. I kind of thought I was, I've got to admit, I was a bit concerned. And, and as you say, I, I never, you know, two months ago, would I be saying we're really going to miss Miko Verton here? Pfft, I would not have been saying that. But I, again, I thought Miko done well as well. The the clash of heads with, with Kyle McDonald, you could tell he wasn't 100% right from then. But, you know, I thought Miko had started the game well and I thought he was played well in the first half. So, yeah, fingers crossed he's, um, you know, hopefully he'll be available for this week and get him get him patched up but um yeah it did, it did allow someone to someone to make an appearance yeah we'll we'll get into john robertson but i think we'll we'll take off the on first and talk about curtis roberts and phenomenal performance from curtis something that we've become yeah. accustomed to this season so much energy driving that team forward but talk us through that goal i'll, I'll let you do it because um i have to say i I have no more superlatives for it. What a strike! What a piece of play! It's um, it's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> and and I, when I was buying my ticket for the the game on Saturday morning, I was really concerned because you went on a you know fan base or whatever it was, and it was talking about the way ticket was main stand away ticket, and I thought, oh, don't tell me they're going to do what they had us in the playoffs. And you know when we played Clyde the last couple of seasons, where you've got a section of the the main stand. I thought, can it really put a downer on it? And then traveling to the game got caught up in the accident on the, the M8 as well. So it's like, this is this is going to be a disaster. And after the trouble we've seen after the playoff game as well. Anyway, got get there in time. Got there about about five ten minutes to spare, and was going around the corner. So oh, we're actually we're in the away end. Thank God we were in the way end for this goal because the view that the Alva support got of this, I I know I, I've seen it before. I, I can actually pick myself out on the on the highlights um, <laughs> of the game because. I think I, I think I've seen this goal. I think I knew this ball was in before anyone else in the state. The moment he hit it, I can pick myself out standing up with my arms in the air because as soon as it leaves his foot, it's going in. Um, I will say Linus in goals for Hamilton is not covering himself in glory here. He seems to see the shot moves to his left initially for some reason. I don't know if he thinks it's it's going to whip round to the right like he, like Curtis has kind of sliced it or something, but. Um, yeah, because I mean, it does go into the corner, but uh, what a strike. It, it's an incredible strike. And not just the strike itself, it's what he does in the build up to it. You know, he, yeah. he absolutely skins he skins the Hamilton midfield. You know, a, a couple of really nice touches. Williamson, as we talked about, for me, really put effort from Williamson. I, from, Aki's, from an Aki supporter, I'm, there's two things I'm disappointed in. I'm disappointed in, I think it was Lee Days clearance passing out from the back, you know, straight to, to, to Curtis. Um, I'm then disappointed with, with Williamson's efforts as well in trying to tackle Curtis. But the little, you know, the little couple of touches to beat the two men, and then just boom, and just just nails it. It's it's an incredible, incredible. So I've seen a comment on Pavel, you know, it might have been yourself or or who said it that, you know, a couple of 
you know, a few weeks back, we were at the halfway point and we were talking about, you know, Cameo O'Donnell was, was really the only contender for, for goal of the season. And in the last three or four weeks, we've we've been able to shove about another three or four goals into that. It was um it was something special. We we said that the only thing missing from from Curtis's Rob, Curtis Roberts's game was, you know, goal involvements, be that assists or, or goals. What a way to to break his duck. Absolutely. We we had a couple of jokes last week. Um, on commentary and again in the first half because he had another few swings at it and it just felt like the goal was never yeah. going to come and that's why I've, I've said on commentary as soon as the bo- the ball goes in we knew it had to be something special it wasn't going to be a tap in to make it 3-0 or 4-0 it was going to be something monumental and he was absolutely ticked all those boxes it was funny watching the players Last Saturday come off and John Robertson gave Curtis Roberts a shake and said, you're just like me, you can't score. You can do everything, but you can't <laughs> put the ball in the back of the net. And look what's happened, the two of them are the heroes. But yeah, what a, what a strike. And you're quite right to highlight it. It's not just the strike, which, yeah, you maybe I'm a wee bit of Graham Soonis in me looking at the goalkeeper, but it's the wee bit before it. It's that little yeah, quick bit of feet, trickery, turn pace, everything's in it. And I think that's what the manager highlighted. It's, you know, Curtis Roberts, as much of the energy that he's got, the drive that he's got, the enthusiasm, he's also a very, very good technical footballer. And that sometimes goes a little bit underrated. And yeah, fair play. He's If anyone's deserved to pick one out like that, it's Curtis Roberts. And he absolutely, talking about celebrations of Taylor Stephen the other week, Curtis is um, cementing his place. I think he, he crammed about seven celebrations into one there. Like there the, the needs to be... Uh, I, Andy's, Andy's going to have to have a word. Some of these celebrations are absolutely shocking at this club, by the way. I think they need, <laughs> they need to get someone in, someone in to get them sorted because, uh, I mean, Curtis wasn't quite as bad as Taylor Steve. Taylor Steve's an absolute shocker down at Hannon. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, Curtis Ross, for me, he... he just lacks a bit of pace. I mean, that's that's the only real, you know, kind of criticism in terms of, you know, I talk about, you know, adding goal goal involvements to his game. But in terms of his his actual how he plays, I, I feel, you know, without the ball, he's he's he, he just lacks a little a little bit of pace. Other than that, you, I mean, you can't you can't fly. It's, it's funny. I was looking through because I, I you know I remembered him from Clyde the, the previous season and I don't know why it kind of flashed up but I seen you know there's a pictures of him kind of I think he won something like the the young player of the season and and he won a, he won two player of the season awards at Clyde last year and and I I can't remember if it was a, the kind of Clyde podcast that they were, they were talking about you know when they had the picture it was a rare photo of of um of Curtis Roberts not running you know when he was collecting his his awards and it's so true you know you can't look you can't ignore the the energy and the tank that this guy's got his, his ability to run for 90 minutes is is outstanding but you're right he's so technically sound and kind of a, a little bit in the way i kind of talk about luke donnelly in terms of how good he is in those kind of tight situations i think now and again you kind of see him running across the park and he maybe keeps a hold of it a little bit too much. And there's a couple of times, you know, occasionally he gets, he gets rubbed on the ball and, you know, there's, there's that odd time you think just, just, just pass it and, and move yourself and get back on it. But the amount of times he can turn in such a, such a, a tight area, beat a man and, and really put us on the, on the front foot. I thought in the second half in particular, you know, he was excelling at that. He is, I mean, in terms of a sign in of the season, you can you can close that. You know that he is far and away the absolute 
you know best signing that we've we've brought in this season and, and a massive shout out to brian rice and to, brian rice did, in general recruitment was on the whole very very good you know way more hits than than misses and you look at some of the lone players that he, that he brought in as well a lot of good good bits of recruitment from Curtis Roberts is one of the best bits of recruitment I think Brian Rice had in his had in his time he has been you know he's been exceptional in terms of looking at the rest of the league you know probably you know Ross McKeever you would say is a, is a big signing for for Falkirk thinking about what they had previously and what they were missing and what that team needed he he for me would would probably be the top signing in that team and I'm kind of looking best signings in the league Ross and Curtis are probably the two for me I think they are the two best signings in, in League One this year. He has he's been incredible. I've seen talk as well, Pian Bovril, you know, contract situation. I hope Alo are, are are kind of looking at that now because he's not going to be short of suitors. Yeah, it was an I've seen that pop up as well. I pulled up his transfer market because he's a guy that's um you know, that's his first goal for the club. But he's you know he's played up front in his career. He's played he's one of those ones that's played every single position in the park, probably bar goalkeeper. He is like asked the question on uh, commentary: Is he what John Robertson was in 2016 when John Robertson first joined the club? I think it's quite similar. I think it's very similar, yeah, in fact. Um, and it's, it was interesting to see how those two linked up, and we'll touch upon that because I thought it was actually a really nice combination in midfield when the two of them were sitting a little bit deeper. I would, I would, yeah, is a is a is a concern that we might lose out. Would be confident that we can we could keep him. He's twenty nine, you know. This is, I would still say, you know, the the pinnacle of part time football. It's, at, it's not as young. It's not as young as you think he is. It's not and, and he, exactly. He probably doesn't look twenty nine. He probably looks a little bit younger than that. But I mean, that does yeah. probably work in our favour. I would say so as well. Um, I don't know how long he's been in Scotland as well because he went over to America. So maybe you just have the perception that he's not been here as long as some of the other guys who have been, you know bouncing about the leagues for ages but he is absolutely you know one of the first ones that you need to get in and get signed a new deal and, and contract because he's been a, a surprise for me maybe that's my naivety or maybe that's my bias towards what that Clyde team were like last season yeah he's been exceptional and delighted that he could to get off the mark and hopefully it's not going to be to the same extent as Bobby Wales don't get me wrong but hopefully that's just a wee duck off his back as well and, and we'll start to see him creep up with another four or five goals before the season's out. Yeah, I mean, if he can add that to his game and and into the, you know, the, the kind of last, towards the last quarter of the season, that's going to be massive for us because he, he has been so impressive, so impressive. And as you say, interesting how he, how he linked up with, with, with Robbo on Saturday and there. Um, we're going to the, the Hamilton goal for me. It happened so quick no. that I don't even really remember. Like, I can't even like picture it. It was a lovely header from Henderson, but it kind of felt like scored. To me, this 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 was kind of it it kind of not that you've seen it coming, but I, I, considering a goal from our left hand side, that definitely was coming. I thought that's where Hamilton were really getting the most joy up against Cami at, at left back. It wasn't a surprise at all for me that that's where the the you know the goal comes from and it's really it's the first time you know Morgan Neal and, and David Devine it's the first time they've really lost their man and probably the only time all game really and it's a really good header from uh, from Henderson I can't 
really remember many headed goals from him when he was with us. So a little bit surprised no. when 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 I seen him, that's who it was. But um, yeah, really really good header. Absolutely no chance for for PJ. There's nothing nothing he could do about that. And um, yeah, it's a good it's 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 a it's a well worked goal from a Hallett point of view. But it's it's disappointing that. I think you could see we were struggling at, at left back and the fact then that's where the goal comes through, that's a little bit of disappointment. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's probably more good work from Aki's as opposed to, to poor work from Aloua. It's, it's a well-worked goal. I thought it was quite funny when I thought Ewan Henderson, he did well when he came on and if I was an Aki's fan, yeah. I'd be wanting him starting up front as opposed to Akeem Rose next week, but it was a little bit funny. It was Kevin O'Hara, Jake Hastie, and, and Ewan Henderson oh. leading the line for Aki's. Um, very strange. And, and Hendo had a couple of chances, to be fair to him. And like you say, doesn't score many headers. Well, not from our memory at Aloha, but took it really well. It just got me thinking when they were bringing off the players from the bench of, you know, how big, you know, how good an achievement this is that Aloha are, com- you know, competing and, and, Arguably, you know the well. Not arguably, they are the better team in momentum and form. When Hamilton are bringing off the bench, Ewan Henderson, Jake Hasty, Jamie Barjonas, they've got Regan Tumulty sitting there not being used. Mackenzie Kirk not being used. This is a massive squad of I think something like thirty-one players. 30, so the yeah. fact that yeah, the fact that Alawar, are you know going to their home turf, taking the game to them, beating them. And closing the gap in in the league table as a testament to the Alawa players, but also a very damning indictment on players who, on paper, you know, you could see in championship teams, but they didn't look like anything near that on Saturday. Yeah, I think you could look at Saturday. You could, you could, you could probably think, you know, pretty much any last hope of of Hamilton's title challenge. You know, however you want to look at that. Absolutely ended the previous the previous week with the, the defeat against Falkirk, and I suppose you could probably look at Saturday and think, you know, it's a team, you know, on the back of two defeats, and and that defeat the week before knocked the the you know properly knocked the stuffing out of them, and you think, you know, was it a good time to play them? But to be honest, as I said before, the three games this season we've we've been better than Hamilton. Um, you know, is it luck that they've they've? I don't like to say they've been lucky. I don't think that's that's fair. I think they've done well to. You know, to to get the last minute goal in the first game at New Douglas Park, to get some of the three points, and to to you know to to hold on, maybe downplaying a bit to Hamilton, but you know what I mean to 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 not be the better team and still get a point out of the game at the Rex. You have to credit them for that. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a massive game. We we kind of said that. You know, it's funny when we look back at that run of games. We really had looked at Annan Sterling, Annan. That was it. You know, nine points, nine points out of nine was what was needed and that would have been you know that was a real a real boost getting that and then you you get the cove result and all of a sudden there's so much momentum with Allo and the positivity and then you it kind of changed my view on this game as we were looking at last week you know I predicted on the prediction I think you nailed I think you nailed your prediction again for this one but you know I was looking I thought I I didn't think we'd win but I did think we'd get something from the game It it was a different different kind of feeling about it that you know I had confidence we would get something from the game and the more the more the game went on, Alloa were comfortable. I thought once Hamilton scored, I thought they had five ten minutes where you kind of looked at the momentum was starting to starting to go with them, and it looked like if anyone was was going to go on and win the game for that five ten minutes, it, I would say the momentum was starting to turn towards Hamilton. But then that's probably when your likes of your your Curtis Roberts 
really stood up and got on the ball. Taylor Stevens, someone I want to talk about. You know, he, we know Taylor Stevens has been in, in great form. You know, with the goals and the assists over the last few weeks. And then there was no no goals or assists for him on Saturday. I thought Taylor Stevens was brilliant on Saturday. I, I I I've noticed whether it's the momentum of the team's good run, whether it's his own good performances and the confidence. But on Saturday, I seen a different side to his game. There was a moment in the second, uh, sorry, in the first half, I think it was still nil-nil at the time, where he makes a good run down the right-hand side and he cuts a ball across and he cuts it behind everyone. Hamilton kind of break from this and they work up the park and they end up, um, I can't remember who it is on the, on the left wing, but they, it might actually be O'Hara, ends up with a shot that gets deflected and goes into PJ Morrison's hands. But if you watch it, and I remember seeing it at the, at the time this this happened in real time, when you watch those highlights, yeah, yeah, Taylor Stephen has worked his backside off and is right there as O'Hara was hitting that. You can see Taylor Stephen, he there was a desire in him to get, he knew in the moment that it was in PJ's hands, that his hand went up and acknowledged that was my, you know, my poor pass down there. But he worked his backside off to get back, to try and win that back. And then in the, the last, you know, couple of minutes of the game in injury time, down kind of our right right wing, he's there throwing himself into challenges, blocking the ball. I, I love the I love the commitment from Taylor Stephen on Saturday, and it was it was a different side to his game. That it's not it's not the side that's going to get the headlines like his performances and and his his stats from the last few weeks is going to do. But I I almost I almost like love like to see that more what he was like on Saturday that commitment. Yeah, I think that's. It's not just exclusive to Taylor. He's a prime example of it, and and I noticed those yeah. two examples on Saturday as well. But that's the difference I've seen from the Hamilton team and the Alloa team on on Saturday. There's one team playing for their manager. Belief. You know, <laughs> there's there's, there's a team with belief. Exactly. Confidence, swagger, momentum, and yeah, like you say, belief, boldness, braveness, and, and that was Alloa, and that's been something that's been instilled since Andy Graham has come in. Of course, winning football games breeds that, you know, grows that tenfold. But you don't see that in Hamilton at all. Their, their heads drop. You do. You felt that toxic atmosphere on Saturday. Um, there's a video going viral on SBFL Media Watch <laughs> of some of the shouts from the home crowd. That's the sort of feeling around Hamilton just now. It is a very toxic environment on the pitch, off the pitch, in the dugout. Alloa is the complete opposite. And to you know, to close off the game, I suppose, to talk about a man who epitomises all those things in Alawa colours, a guy whose Alawa career was over six months ago, um, yeah. maybe a wee bit longer than that. He was released from the club after so many years of service. Only his third appearance on Saturday after nine months out. His first appearance in his actual natural position, but I'm sure Robbo won't mind me saying, I don't know if He's got a natural position in centre mid anymore because he's played so much at right back recently and equally looked as good. But his natural centre mid position, third appearance, and he was a hero on Saturday. And there's two elements of this goal, I suppose. How well worked it was and yeah. the absolute magnitude that it was John Robertson that stuck it away. I've, uh, I, I mean, I gave Chipper huge praise there for his, for his recruitment earlier on there. This is this is one he didn't get right. Let's be honest. The, the decision to, to release Robo, thankfully, it then got corrected. And for me, the right decision was made. In terms of this season, look, I know Robo obviously finished last year injured, and then uh, we kind of seen him. He was, came back, was on the bench, and went injured again. Yeah, I think he's if he came back too soon after the op, I don't know. But we know he's he's had his injuries, you know, problems this year. I think for me, you know, I'm expecting John Robertson to to be 
making an impact every week and and start. I'm not expecting that from Robo, but he is one of the most reliable guys in terms of this level of football. One of the most reliable guys you can think of. That you know, we talked about if he was going at right back, it was a concern from us because of of Aki's threat down the wings. But still, if there's someone I'm I'm want to chuck in. You know, in a, you know, a second versus third game, I, I have every confidence in throwing someone, you know, a John Robertson into that situation, whether it's right back, whether it's left back, whether it's central midfield. He's just a guy who just doesn't, it doesn't let you down. You know, he just, he's not going to let you down. You know, you, you have confidence in whatever you put, whatever you put Robert. I'll be honest, last season, last season was one of his best seasons for Aloha. He was so good. He, he we probably went into last season not expecting Robo to have a big, as big a role as he ended up having for us. I think we we probably expected that we we would have another player coming in in that sort of position. I suppose in the way that we've we've seen Stevie Hetherington coming in this year, but Robo was 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 a pretty much mainstay of the of the Alloa team last year, and especially when you look at the times where we kind of went on a couple of runs last year. Robo was a, a big part of that. He was just such a, a reliable holding midfielder. And for me, last season was one of his best seasons um, that he's had at Alwa. Um, so yeah, didn't not expecting him to have huge, you know, impact on the team this season. But, you know, in a game where, you know, there's, there's 10 minutes left and, you, you know, you go 2-1 up and there's 10 minutes left, throw John Robertson on, get John Robertson at that midfield just, just to just to settle things down, shore things up, just to, to settle a midfield. That, to me, is, is what I expected, Robbo. Obviously, on Saturday, we've seen you know, to come on into the, into the tail end of that extremely long first half, and it was a shaky start for him. I, I think that was pretty clear. It was a shaky start, but the longer the game went on, the more he settled in. Some of his link-up play with Curtis Roberts on Saturday was was brilliant. You know, some yeah, of the, the little one-twos, and, and in terms of us beating the Hamilton's, Hamilton's press, that for me on Saturday was all about Curtis Roberts and John Robertson. They were the two really, and, and Kevin Colley linked into that as well, but for me, Roberts and Robertson were the two that, that effectively beat Hamilton's press, and that's what allowed us to get on the front foot. The goal. I mean, <laughs> I, the move itself, I, I've seen it beforehand, for whatever reason, I happen to be watching Connor Salmon at this corner, and I think it was because he, he took up quite a, quite an unusual position he was right out in front of you know he was he was in front of the near post but out on the out on the edge of the box you know he was he was he was he was really kind of as i say he was he was quite close towards the touchline i thought it was just an unusual position and i can't remember who's next if it was david divine or something like that but i happened to watch so i, I seen though this is absolutely off the training ground and it's it's such a really nice move they've got the two of them on i think it's called day they're both the two other players are on and it absolutely isolates Kilday, he can't cover them both. That allows uh, Connor Salmon to get to get the free run onto the ball. Really good ball in from from Cami. Connor Salmon for me is not going for goal, and I think that's quite important here. I think he's deliberately trying to flash it across the across the face towards the back post, and of course, John Robertson goes in. Probably the fact that no one expects him to score. Who's who's <laughs> going to bother marking him at a corner? Goes in at the at the back post, and just just sneaks it in yeah. um, at the time i thought he very nearly misses that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're quite right to highlight all of robo's qualities as a as a player and also as, as a guy as well you know worth yeah. what an absolute gent he is what a, uh, an ambassador he is for the club and and just you know just gets on with it and does his job and doesn't complain and is a hard worker and you know the epitome of physical physicality and all that sort of stuff as well so nobody deserves that moment 
more than Robbo. Lovely, well-worked goal. Cami, beautiful delivery, put in plenty. Good deliveries on Saturday. Samo, intelligent, did the job that you know he was brought on to do. And like you say, Robbo's at the back post to stick at home. And maybe the reason that he wasn't being marked and that nobody was um, chasing him in was you know, the stat that Aloha stats, and I don't know if this is a stat that Robbo will laugh at or he'll actually be quietly annoyed, but it was his first goal in 2,479 days, May 2017. <laughs> so that's 214 games and something just under eight years, I think. Um, yeah, seven, just seven years. Just, just under seven. 200, yeah. 213 Aloha appearances. So, yeah, absolutely. The, the appear- see, see the appearances. I, I never even twigged on the appearances side. That you think about how big an achievement it is to make two hundred appearances for not just yeah, yeah. Well, for any club. It's like, like to make two hundred appearances for for one club is a massive achievement. The fact he's went over two hundred between scoring it's, is it's, is massive. It's crazy because and maybe it's just my perception, but I always thought you know every time Robbo gets the ball, I'm always like, oh, he's got he's got a ping on him. And it's probably because in his first forty appearances. He scored four goals. And, you know, I'm thinking of the Ross County game, which was a big victory at the Bala Town. He scored an absolute peach. Stranraer away was a, a big moment for the football club as well. And then it's taken him 257 appearances to get five goals. And what have we had since then? Well, we've had Brexit. We've had COVID. Um, the last time that Robbo scored, Hamilton were in the Premier League playoffs which was um, not yesterday. Kelty Hearts are another team that we're challenging up against. They were a junior club, so way below the east of Scotland. Our bro who are ahead of us, they won their first ever League 2 title. We think of some of the characters in Scottish football of that time. Brendan Rodgers won Manager of the Year and, and a treble in his first season in Scottish football. And after this weekend, that's maybe a little bit more surprising as well. And if you look at some of the players that picked up awards John McGinn championship player of the year not English championship Scottish championship Liam Buchanan Hibs you know a a bit of a hero league one player of the year I think Shankland he'd just been relegated to league one as well absolutely mental you know so much has happened since John Robertson scored but yeah bottle it all up it was all worth it in the end because that moment there on Saturday when Robbo bundled that in it's one of my it's going to go up there as one of my favourite moments. I just, for the whole narrative of it, I just loved it. Uh, it was, it was the, the most unlikeliest. I mean, Robbo, <laughs> the most unlikeliest of goal scorers. And, and to be fair, Curtis Roberts, because he's, you know, uh, no goals, assists, whatever, pretty unlikely to be involved in a goal as well. But um, yeah, great, great moment, especially with Robbo, a great moment, the fact that. You know, with what happened after the end of last season, with you know, we getting released and and seeing comments that you know, he'd obviously was, I'm I'm gathering he's pretty upset by it all. You know, obviously wanted to stay and then resigns again and then has the injury problems. But like you say, in terms of the guy, you know, you see it every single game. And I'm talking home and away, and you see him sitting. I remember I'm sitting with the support up at the game at Montrose early in, in the season. You know, he's sitting there, with his coughing, getting shifted about by the. Uh, by the Montrose stewards and everything like that, shifted out of the out of the nice bit and, and with the riffraff for the rest of us. But just a, just an all round really really nice bloke and yeah, you've got to be you've got to be delighted from it. Come back and the fact that he's now you know over the last few weeks he's he's having a you know a bit of an impact on the on the team as well. Um, and like we say, we don't know what the situation is going to be with Miko. We could be looking at, at John Robertson starting this week for all we know. 
Exactly. One more thing before we close off. I did see the episodes get longer and longer as we <laughs> as we extended the the run, but I suppose that run did cap off February. There's a lot of chat online. It's a perfect month. And, you know, it's Andy Graham's a, a shoe-in for manager of the month, although do we really want that? And I suppose Taylor Stephen, Bobby Wales, maybe more so Stephen, is uh, a front-runner for player of the month. It's It's been perfect, and that would just be a nice little accolade of recognition um, for such a positive month. Yeah, I mean, it has to get managed. I know you've got a couple of games there against against ninth and Stirling, so I don't know, maybe seventh or something like that, seventh or eighth when we when we played them. But you're looking at victories against, you know, second and fourth in the league as well. And they're, yeah, to me, absolutely sure. In terms of curse, I mean, John McGlynn seems to have done all right with his, his manager of the month awards this <laughs> season. So I'm I'm not buying in I'm not buying into any uh, any curse at all with it. So yeah, hopefully hopefully Andy gets it and it'll be it'll be richly deserved. And yeah, for me I'd give it to Taylor Stephen, I think. You know the, the the number of goals and assists just shades it over over Bobby goals, but um yeah, I'd give I'd, I'd, hopefully we allow a double for the for the awards would be nice. This Saturday, as you say, Kev, it's another massive game. It was second v third last week. The week before that, it was also second v it was third v fourth. Sorry, and we'll replicate it once more as we travel up to Lynx Park to play Montrose. Unlike the Cove game and the Hamilton game, we travel to a team who are on a pretty decent run of form themselves. Not as good as Alawa, I must say. I'm liking the look of this form table. Five green ticks next to the Wasp name. But Montrose are very short, you know, they're very close behind with only one defeat in the last five, the other four of those victories. So it's Saturday's going to be a real good game. Plenty of confidence in both teams. Montrose going to Palmerston last week, beating Queen of the South three goals to two. It's all set up to be a real cracker. Only a couple of points separating the teams. Yeah, to be fair to them, it's one defeat in six. Um, and the, I mean, it's four wins. The draw is away to Hamilton, you know, obviously second in the league, and the defeat is away to to Falkirk three 0 So, yeah, really, um, really good run of form from from Montrose just now. They were. They were my wee outside tip for, for fourth, if you remember, in pre-season. And they're certainly living up to that just now. Had a really good first half of the season. I thought, similar to last year, I thought they had quite a poor transfer window. So, whereas last year they drifted away and kind of dropped down a little bit after January, I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised that they're they're maintaining where they're at. And if anything, they're, you know, they're on, I would suggest, some of their best form of the season. I think when you dig in as well, you know, the, the league's third top scorers uh, I think they have about the fourth best uh, fourth or fifth best record defensively in the league as well um, and you know, I'll be they played a, a game more but yeah really you know good side as I said I thought they would have a, a pretty decent season I'm a little I am a little surprised that I did think they had a poor uh, transfer window that they are maintaining where they are and, and really strengthening their position as well and that that was a big win for them you know and obviously on the, the BBC on, on Saturday night as well I think the fact as well you know, you'd looked at ourselves with a, a relatively late winner at Hamilton, Cove Rangers with a late a late winner as well against, I think it was Kelty they were playing. You know, all of a sudden there was a little bit of pressure on, on Montrose on, on Saturday, Saturday night to go out and, and get the victory against Queen of the South. And, you know, they've went out there and done it. Yeah, I watched the game on Saturday and I, th- I did think when Queen of the South went ahead at halftime, Lee Connolly, and there was controversial stuff in the first half as well. And the second half really kicked into life. One player 
to highlight. And it's not Kane Hester, who I thought would be the, the, the normal go-to highlight person throughout the season, but it was actually the man that was playing just off of him, Blair Lyons. He won two penalties in quick succession, and they'd already scored through a really well-worked free kick through Graham Webster, another one that we've highlighted in the past. But Blair Lyons is, is the man that, you know, I'm picking out for this Saturday's one to watch. He was really, really tricky. Won his two penalties well. He scored an absolute immaculate goal at Aloha last season. I'm pretty sure it was like an overhead yeah. kick just out in the, inside the box. He's a good player. He's a bag of tricks and he'll, he'll cause problems along with Kane Hester and, and Webster and Gardine as well. There's plenty of quality there for, for the Mo. Was that, was that play lines going not earlier this season? I'm sure that was. I'm sure that was. Was it this season? I thought it was last. I'm sure season, it was. But... I'm sure it was this season. So the two games with them this season, they, they obviously the injury time winner against us up there. Uh, Paul Watson, I think, got the got the the goal right at right at the death. And a game that I probably thought Aloe had shaded. It's funny that the results against Montrose are kind of a bit like our games against Hamilton this season. That I felt in both the games we we maybe shaded each of the games yet you know up there we, we get beat 2-1 and then the game at um at the Rex we go two up you know two up with, with 15 minutes just over 15 minutes to play and then Montrose come back and it is it's Blair Lyons gets the gets the second and it was a it was a tremendous a tremendous finish but yeah it's, he, he's a very very good player he's a very good player As, uh, you know you're talking about Saturday I never watched the, their game on Saturday but it doesn't surprise me he you know he's good at doing that, but you know, getting forward and getting into the area and, and just really being a nuisance in there. I think his goal against us kind of epitomizes that. You know, that's that's what he does, and he arrives in in good areas within the the within the box as well. I think him and um, I'd say as well, it kind of looks like Webster now is, is playing a bit further forward. You got Steves is, is returned on the left hand side, so so probably maybe that's part of Montreal's good run. They're getting, you know, they're getting some players that have been out injured back from injury as well. And and to me, Webster's a big part of that as well. You know, seeing him playing as a as a right back, I just think, you know, what a waste of of a player that is. He's he's such a good player going forward. And and I think you look at that Montreal's and there's 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 you know there's a couple of a couple of players in there. You like see your Lions, you know, Hester as well. And as I say, Graham Webster, that that's probably they're probably your standout players. Other than that, you know, we know what Sean Dillon's like at the back, but the rest are not, you know, it's not a team of superstars, but they're all, you know, probably quite similar to, to what Alo are like in terms of just honest and hardworking. Yeah, I would agree. They've always been a you know a plucky team. It's always been a team that Aloha have had a fairly good record against prior to this season. They you know they've they've won well. But the game last year up at Montrose where we won four 0 was probably our best performance of the season. Yeah. But this year it's maybe not just quite clicked. We should have taken three points in the the home fixture. You were right in what you said. We probably shaded the game that we went on to lose two one as well. So they'll be putting to they'll be looking to put some wrongs right this Saturday, and it would be a massive game because the playoffs are still so tight, just a few points separating the three of us. So it would create a little bit of breathing space. I would add in that squad. You know, since we've spent about ten minutes trying to research it, Montrose are quite low on numbers, and they did have to sub yeah. on their forty year old assistant on Saturday late on. Don't fill a bench either. Is that going to play? Not necessarily on Saturday, but in the long run, as we go into you know the playoffs and and 
into the end of the season, potentially, when you compare it to the Alba bench and the quality that's stacked there, you would obviously much prefer to be in the Wasps' shoes. But it's just something to keep an eye on as the playoff race hottens up. As we move on to Alba... I think think that's kind of been... That's where Montrose have have suffered the last two. When I'm talking about them not having a great uh, January window, the same as last year, it's really been... They've been unfortunate that their low knees have been recalled. That's that's yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why they're a little bit short on on numbers just now. I can't remember the boy's name, but he's Dundee United. He played for Dundee United on Saturday. Um, he's Miller Thompson, I think it is. You know, there was a player that was yeah. that was at Montrose on on loan as well, and and it was the same last year. A lot of their low knees were recalled in the, the January window, so they may be a little bit unfortunate on that side of things, but um. Yeah, as I said, I just, they remind me a lot of Alloa. I think there's a, a lot of similarities between the the two teams and the two clubs, and that you know it's not it's not neither of the teams are are full of flashy players, you know, or, or or have been known for having those flashy players, but really really hard working sides. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, you're quite right to highlight Miller Thompson started on Saturday. There's a wee rumor that Declan Glass might be heading out on loan, so it's a potential for Montrose one to keep an eye on. When we look at the Alawa team, we look at a pretty full bench. There's you know there's quality there that's not even made the bench through circumstances such as illness. But we just said off air these episodes are getting longer, but hopefully this part of the pod is a little bit shorter as the team starts to really pick itself after five victories in a row. And if you look at goalkeeper and defence to start off with that nice and easy, I, you know, if David Devine's fit, he's slotted in. I think on paper what we had on Saturday, you know, it's a shame for Dave McKay. I've been singing his praises since he's come back, but, you know, that there, all going well, that's our strongest back four on paper, I believe. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any changes. You know, as we were saying when we were talking about Hamilton, I didn't think Cammy was at his best defensively on, on Saturday, so really looking for, you know, looking for improvement there from from him. You know, we know what he's, he's like going forward and the, the set-piece delivery is outstanding. You know, I think earlier in the season we've seen Cami really improve defensively from from where he was probably last season. So looking to get back to that, and and hopefully Saturday was just a bit of a blip. Yeah, Dave McKay obviously will be suspended this weekend and next week as well. So, yeah, I mean, one, I don't change our centre backs. Two, we don't really have any other options, so we kind of have to go with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, as I say, for me, it's it's exactly the same as last week. Where it becomes interesting, I suppose, is starting in the, the sitting midfield and it's hard to predict whether Miko Vertonen's going to be fit or not. It, you know, you see the photo from David Glenn Cross. It's a deep cut along the, just above the eyebrow. Is it a wee bit more, you know, superficial and precautionary because he's taken two head blows and I'm not too sure the rules. Does he need to sit out today? Is there like a concussion rules? Has he even hit that threshold yet? No medic. I don't know if he's going to start, but starting John Robertson and Curtis Roberts, as much as I've, I've loved Miko over the last couple of weeks, that doesn't, you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm quite happy with that after the second half performance on Saturday as well. There's a lot of questions about the the midfield for Saturday. Miko, as you say, we don't know if he's if he's going to be available or not. Um, Skugel, we, we don't know if, if Skugel's going to be available or not. And then there's the there's the, the the kind of the furthest forward of the three as well, which will, will come on to in a minute. So for me, this is kind of how I'd play. I think Curtis Roberts, there's your, you know, absolutely stars. Mentioned as well, Stevie Henderton, you would think is possibly 
not a million miles away from returning as well. I think at the time it was said maybe about five weeks. Um, yeah, so still probably to, to another, uh, probably another maybe three, four weeks, I think, chatting to him last Saturday. I, so I wondered about I don't that. think there's any rush to get him back with how good the midfield are playing as well. You know, you've got that luxury of holding him back a little bit and making sure that he's going to be fit for the final running. I wonder that because I think the last time I seen him at the Rex, I think he was still in, still in his brace. That was only a couple of weeks ago, so I kind of thought he might be, might be a few weeks still. So for me, Curtis Roberts starts as as one of that kind of calling the holding too, but he he starts as one of them. The other one for me, if Miko is available, for me he starts. Um, Thank you. If Skugel is available, I would start him in in that position. I think. Would I start him in front of Miko? Yes, I would. So that would probably be my first choice right now would be Skugel and Curtis Roberts. I think then if Skugel's not available for me, it's Miko and Curtis Roberts. And if Miko's not available for me, it's then Robbo, John Robertson and Curtis Roberts. Yeah, it's, it's so interchangeable. I think from chats on Saturday, it does seem like Skugel will be will be available. It's not, it's not an injury. It's more an illness sort of thing. And you'd hope that he would be back for Saturday. You'd maybe get him back into training on Thursday at the latest, or potentially Tuesday as well. And personally, I would I would stick either Robbo or Miko, whoever's fit alongside him, and stick Skugs in behind the striker. I thought we just lacked a little bit of energy in behind the striker on Saturday. You you know really noticed that Skugo how much work he does, not just in behind the striker, but yeah. also how much buzzing about that he does back to forth, really like box to box as opposed to like a false nine. So for me, Skugo just slots in at the centre, and you would hopefully have you know your holding two of of Roberts and plus whoever's fit alongside them who equally do a good job and you kind of keep that wee triangle. Skugel walks back into the team if he's if he's fit and for me, I, I would probably put him that a little bit further forward in the three. I think, I've I, I just mentioned briefly on, on Kevin Colley, I feel I feel so much for Ke- the curse of playing against Hamilton. It's not, and I think, you know, particularly New Douglas Park, you think back to last season, the playoffs, the couple of games at New Douglas Park this year, Kev, He's been. He's, I think he's played every game against Hamilton this this season in the, in the playoffs last year. Kev struggled against Hamilton. It's the one team he's really, really struggled against. And Saturday wasn't his wasn't his greatest. For me, I think what is likely to happen is what you've just said. I think it will be Skugel as that advanced role, Curtis Roberts, and then Miko if he's fit. If not, if not John Roberts, I think it's the most likely. For me, I'd actually put Taylor Stephen into that advanced role centrally for this week um that's that's kind of why i'd look at skugs at that little bit further back um yeah i'd move i'd move taylor steven into the into the middle of the 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 sort of attack and midfield role yeah i can see where you're going with this i can look into the future yeah. and, and know that you're wanting to start Stephen buchanan on the right and i totally get that do, do you think... know do you know it's it's funny it's funny that the last i think last week that kind of was my reasoning it's kind of a little bit up i actually want Taylor Stevens central I think you know we've seen a little bit from him there on Saturday I, I kind of want him in that that role and it's maybe I'm moving him the, my decision is moving him in and then I'm looking well who am I going to play on the right as opposed to previously yeah. it was I'm bringing Stephen Buchanan and okay what am I doing with Taylor Stephen yeah it's interesting I just I think Taylor's been on such a rich vein of form that I wouldn't want to disrupt it too much I even thought going down the right hand side he was still strong especially in the second half I thought yeah. the first half yeah. was frustrating for for everybody um, in terms of, you know, Ethan, Bobby and Taylor 
you know, we didn't have much involvement, Kevin as well. But the second half, I thought Taylor got down the byline a couple of times. He put in a couple of tricky crosses. The one that went behind everybody yeah. was unfortunate, but he put another one that was tantalisingly missed by by everybody as well. And I, I would just keep him there until there's any reason to, to change him. I think, for me, there, there's probably more discussion on the left-hand side of who starts Ethan Sutherland was much more effective the previous week against Cove coming off the bench than what he was starting on Saturday. Sub, you know, it's a circumstance and a you know eventuality of of how the first half played out, and it's really hard to get any sort of flow. But I think in terms of the team picks itself, I think it does. But the one position that I believe is still up for grabs that nobody's quite fully grasped yet is that left wing. I agree. Do you know, the whole left side this season is, has kind of been like that. You know, you think back to early in the season, you know, Akami was, was pretty much starting most games, but you never really felt he was necessarily first choice and you, you and Deveni was always there. So there was there was that bit of, you know, unknown about who was, and then like you say, further forward and left, I think I think you're right. I think that is the area there's a lot of discussion about. Obviously, depending on fitness and Miko in the middle of the park, but really the left yeah, wing is, yeah. is the big, you know, who do you pick for that one? Um for me, you know, I give a little bit of criticism to Quinn Coulson the week before because you know didn't think he had a great game against Cove, but I probably bring Quinn in for this. Ethan Sullen for me, I I I just feel the next couple of weeks maybe using Ethan Sullen as a sub. I think, you know, maybe take a little bit of pressure off him. Fair play, I'm you know standing up on Saturday because you know what we said before was 17 year old and you're going against second in the second in the league and you know playing on the flank. Okay, he's not playing at left back on Saturday, but still really the strong area of Aki's is, is their flank. So, you know, that, that's a lot of pressure on him. For me, I, I quite like to see him coming on as a sub for a couple of games. And maybe he's coming on with 25 minutes left and just as the, the opposition are starting to tire and just, just let him loose. Kind of what we were seeing Stephen Buchanan earlier in the season. You know, that was kind of, he was getting those kind of 15, 20 minutes. And basically, it was as if he was getting told, just run it, just run at your opponent, use your pace, just, just, just go at him, you know, do what you want kind of thing. I would do the same way with Sutherland on the left for for a few weeks. For me, I would bring bring Coulson in. As I say, in my in my setup, I would have Coulson left, Buchanan on the right, and Taylor Stephen and in, in behind in the middle. But I do think it'll be Taylor Stephen on the right, Scoogs in behind, and I I think Quinn Coulson might. I think Andy might start Quinn Coulson. Yeah, I think Quinn's the one that makes the most sense on paper, and and he's the one that goes in there most naturally as as the winger. You know what I'm going to say. We just spoke about it off air, but yeah. after a wee curveball, and I would, I would like to see Ali Roy play off the left. I think there's just something to be explored there. Um, he's the one in this run of five games that it's just a slight thing in the back of my head, thinking, "Oh, poor Ali Roy, man. He's just, he's so good. He started so well, and it's the team yeah. is flying, and it's not. A, I'm not saying that he can come in and start over Bobby Wales. It's just you know part of the of the circumstance unfortunately but he's played off the left when he's come off the bench you know he scored up at Lynx Park I think he could just offer you something slightly different he's not going to bomb down the line like a, a Quinn or a Taylor Steven or a Buchanan but let's just see how it plays out cutting in off the left hand side linking up with Wales it's such an interchangeable front three it might work it might be a total failure but I think it Ali Roy does deserve a chance. You know, the left-hand side is not cemented by anybody and everyone seems to be getting a wee shot at it. I don't see why Ali Roy can't be on that list as well to get a start. 
I'm not against it. And, and what you said at the end there is the reason why. It's not because, you know, on the right-hand side, we're talking about Buchanan and Taylor Stephen. You know, it's two guys, obviously Buchanan before he was injured and Taylor Stephen more recently that have been in really good form. So you're kind of two guys competing for that jersey. You're spot on on the left. No one's, no one's in red hot form there. So why not try Ali Roy? My, my concern would be if, if that was the lineup that Andy would go with Bobby Wales out on the left and put Ali Roy through the middle. Yeah, and I don't want to see thought. that. Yeah, I really don't want to see that. I, I I think Bobby can play that position. Um, I think of him moving there against Queen of the South down at Palmerston in, in January, whenever it was, he played quite well out there in the second half. Even to be fair, on Saturday when he moved out there, he played well as well. But I, I think about the Falkirk game when he started there, and he was just absolutely wasted in the left. But yeah, I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against. It. I think I think it's a fair, completely fair, fair suggestion sticking um sticking Ali Ali out there. Yeah, I'm with you. Why not? Yeah. It'll be interesting. I, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I would be surprised, but we'll, we'll see. He's the only one that's not really getting those. Not the only one, but he's he's, he's not really getting that many opportunities off the bench. So let's yeah, yeah let's give it a wee go. And I suppose that teases up nicely to Bobby Wales back up front, and hopefully he can get back on the on the score sheet on Saturday. It was a tough afternoon for him at Aki's. He looked he looked like he was frustrated as well. Um, you know, he had a couple of half chances, I'd say, and one in particular, he maybe lost his balance or scuffed it a little bit, and he looked really, really annoyed at himself. And to me, ugh, just dust yourself down and continue to enjoy your football because you're you're playing really well and, and not to get too disheartened with missing these chances. And hopefully he's back on the score sheet on Saturday at Lynx Park. Yeah, flat flat track, flat track Billy Bobby. Um, <laughs> not getting his call against against Hamilton. I feel like I cursed him last week, but yeah, I mean, look to me. To be honest, Saturday was probably Bobby Wills. I'm going to say worst game, but his, his poorest game for for Alwa. Um, I didn't think he'd really had had much of a much of a sniff. To be to be fair, um, but he did. He looked he looked frustrated. I, I actually thought he was ironic considering what I've just said a couple of minutes ago. I thought his best spell on Saturday was actually. When he went out to the to the left hand side, um, I thought he did he did play. You know, he was better when he when he went out there. But yeah, I'm sure he'll be back back amongst the goals. I'm just looking. I think yeah. he's, I think he's scored against Montrose already this season. So it's not it's not one we need to, we need to tick off for him to score against every every team. But um, yeah, hopefully he's hopefully he's through the middle again and and hopefully back uh, back in the goals again. Yeah, fingers crossed, and I have no doubt that he will as well. He only needs a couple of chances to slot one away. Leads us to score predictions. Can we make it six out of six? Who would have thought we'd be saying that um, at this point of the season? I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident that we will. I think this is going to be the, the hardest game. I think this is going to be harder than Hamilton and Cove. Like you say, it's the first time that we've played against a team that are equally coming into it with that buoyant attitude of of a run of form that they're on. They'll be really boosted by that win at Palmerston in those circumstances as well. It was a big victory, just like ours. So I think it's two teams really high on confidence. I think there'll be goals in it. I think it'll be a 3-2 again, and hopefully it falls in the Wasps' favour. 3-2 was, was in my consideration, I'll admit. And, and when you look at Montrose as well, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think the third top scorer in the league. And look at the last four games. They've scored 10 goals in four games, and that includes a you know a 3-0 defeat as in there. So it's effectively 10 goals across across three games that they've that they've managed. But you know, they've they've also conceded well, I think seven seven goals in, in I mean, well, seven goals in their last three games. So it suggests that there is going to be goals. I'm gonna stick 
with with what I've been going, I'm going for a strong. I'm uh, there's there's been a bit of a moment. I think this will be the third week in a row <laughs> where I've went for us to to have a to have a draw. Um, I'm trying to think what I predict against Cove. Did I predict one each against Cove? And then I went something something daft. I think for for um, for the Hamilton game, I'll go two each. I'll go two each. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it's a draw. As you say, it's it's us going against a team who's in who's in good form, and that's not been the case for the last couple of weeks. I do think it'll be a big challenge. Like I said, I thought Montrose would have a decent season, but I'm been really impressed how the that the the run when we've been on our good run, how they have. Uh, you know, pretty much closely, almost matched that. I think that's been really, really impressive, and I think they're working under quite limited resources in, ten, in terms of squad numbers there. So I think I'm not going to say it's more impressive than than Andy's run, but it's it's really good work that that Petrie's obviously doing with that with that Montrose team again, you know, once again this season. So I'll go, I'll go two each for this week. Yeah, wouldn't be totally surprised. I think the one thing that we have forgotten about to mention, you know, a draw is not the worst result because we do have the game in hand over Montrose yeah. as well. We've both played 25 us and Cove there on 26 but it is a seismic weekend in the playoffs because Cove they go to Edinburgh City you're pretty much expecting them to to win but the next week they go to Falkirk and Alloa are at home to Kelty which they would be looking to take three points so say you could get three points against another playoff challenger you've beaten Hamilton, Cove and Montrose in the space of three weeks yeah, that's that's real, real statement. I know I keep saying it, but um, it is. It does feel like it's a seismic weekend in the race for the top four. It, it's huge. It's huge because you, you know you're talking about the games there. Obviously, us against Montrose this week. Cove likely to win uh, down at Edinburgh. Cove Falkirk's midweek because next Saturday is Montrose Cove. Um, you know, ah, it's, it's a massive. Yeah. It's a massive week for in terms of third, fourth, fifth. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I would say if we go to Montrose and win on Saturday, I, I kind of would say we're in the playoffs. You know, I think I, I said that after, at the Cove before the Cove game. I thought whoever won that game probably was going to end up in the playoffs. And before that, I thought it would be ourselves in Cove. I actually still think it's going to it's going to be that way. But a win on Saturday for whichever team wins it, it'll be a massive confidence boost. You know, beating one of their, their closest rivals. Yeah, looking forward to it. Big supporters bus going up by the looks of Facebook as well. So hopefully a decent backing and another three points into the bag. Fingers crossed.